So I've just pressed record. So should we do a clap or a boom? Um, <laughs> does that work? I guess that's a. Oh, we should both do it at the same time. One, two, three. I mean, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't just us clapping. That was a high five. <laughs> yes, that's how we do it. It's a high five. And we. I'm like peaking. I'm already in the red, and we're off. I think we're allowed to peak, aren't we? No, no, like not. I mean, like on the on the sound gauge. Oh yeah, no. I thought we were allowed to even peak if as long as it wasn't constant. Oh right, okay. but maybe I'm not sure. I'm I not don't sure. know. Well, I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn us both down just a little bit. That way. Have I turned us down or up? Turned us up. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, uh, I mean, this is like. We don't have to have started. This yet. is. Um, I was thinking the other day. I was thinking the other day. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I, I feel like there's this overwhelming pressure on me mm-hmm. uh, as a 42 year old mm-hmm. comedian. Yeah. You know, because of the pandemic, you know, and we were all stuck indoors and everyone learned all these new skills. But I'm 42. I've never been, but never been technical. I've never been a technical man. Yeah. And I feel like um, there's this overwhelming pressure on me as a 42-year-old comedian to start up a, a YouTube channel. Not like, it's not an internal pressure. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's an external pressure. I do, I do. I know I think it, you're supposed to have all this stuff, aren't you? But, but like, you know what I mean? It's like in the olden days, it used to be kind of like, you know... Someone when, does it for you. When you grow up, you know, you're required to have, like, a family and a house and a car and a job. And now it's you need a Twitch account and you need a YouTube channel. And that's how you make money. And I'm like, I don't... Do you know what I mean? It's like, give a man a fish <laughs> and he can feed himself for, a, for an afternoon. I've but been. teach a man how to... How to... How to uh, type how to get more fish in YouTube and he can feed himself forever. Yeah. Anyway, here we are, uh, up uh, up in the treehouse. Yes, I forget. Yes, I sometimes forget we're up in a treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, aren't we? Yeah, that's where we are. Here we are. Here we are. It's the uh, JCAS Presents Nick and Nat... Consuming a bag, consuming a bag, consuming a bag. Um, uh, where uh, the, 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 the weekly, uh, maybe <laughs> the <laughs> occasional jury's still out, isn't it? We haven't, we haven't really got up and running yet, but kind of like, um, we, we're trying, we're trying. I mean, on. we've got we've got content recorded, I mean, we've uh, got content up the kazoo. Uh, well, we haven't got... We, well, we're all releasing it all at once, though. Oh, right? then we've got no content. We've got no... We're, we're going to burn through our content in a very short <laughs> amount of time. Um, uh, may, maybe this is the first episode. This is what I was thinking. <clears throat> maybe this right. is it. This is the first episode. Episode one. This is episode one. This is the episode one Christmas special. Zero hour. Uh, Nick and Nat, Consumer Bay, review of the year. Review of the year. The review re- of 2022. 2022, exactly. You cut me off and... and <laughs> I don't mean you cut me off. I mean, like, you jumped in, you know. Right, you would have got Because we finish each other's um, podcasts. Podcasts. And, um, yeah, just, this is great. This is really, going really great. So, as, as a 42-year-old man... I have um, bought all the equipment I need to um, start a podcast. Oh, I'm really impressed as well. We're just really kind of praying that this episode, this is the first episode I've gone completely 100% solo on. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I've done all the tech myself, so we'd like there's a wing and a prayer that mm-hmm. we're going to get to the end of this hour, and we've actually recorded it. And it's fair to say you did do it solo because I wasn't much help other than saying, "Is this in here?" Oh, but when I said I did it solo, I don't mean that uh, you didn't have a part in this. No, I'm saying I didn't have a part. Well, I'm, I think I didn't. But that's for you to tell everyone that you didn't do anything <laughs> rather than me to tell everyone right. that you didn't do anything. That's because you're a great guy. I am a great guy. Thanks, um, I, I, it's the only unfortunate thing is that the fact that you've done nothing did accidentally come from me. Um, <laughs> but my point is that um, Natalie isn't here today um, and uh, James uh, uh, Hingley, our, um, our... Tech advisor. Tech advisor. Expert. He's advised us. He's advised Um, us. He's not here. Um, So this is a bit like, um, I guess this is a bit like a Star Wars prequel sitch, uh, where um, Mm. this is kind of like, we're recording this one last, but this will be the first one to come out. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> um, well, uh, but, but, <laughs> Probably. Uh, do you know what? Most people have stopped listening by now. I and mean, also we've, uh, oh no, I was going to say, you know, that actually won't make sense if this goes out first. God, I reckon if you put them all together, you'd be able to figure out which ones came first. We've got lots of characters to help us out. We've got our um, resident yeah. robot. JC3000. Oh, we've got the JC3000. Um, he hey. sometimes helps us out with facts and things, doesn't he, if we don't happen to know them. Hello, Nick. I'm not, I'm not feeling it today, JC3000. You seem a little bit underwhelming. Um. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right um yeah so uh so no this is this can't be the first one <laughs> this isn't going to be the first one i think the first one is the first one that we recorded maybe we should just do them. yeah this will be the third one third one i, I think oh no this is the fourth one okay so we've come to the end <laughs> this is the this is the christmas this is the christmas special we've come to the end of another year yeah. uh, and in preparation for us to be doing this properly we've recorded uh, a bunch, well, I say a bunch. We've recorded uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> We've recorded two podcasts this year. Uh, one of them is a very lean one hour. Oh, it's, we did it totally right. That's what they told us to do. Best ones, try and get it in under an hour. We nailed it. It's one hour and we talk about, uh, it's, it's our John Carpenter's uh, The Thing 40th anniversary special. Yeah, from last year. From uh, from from the beginning of uh, from the beginning of twenty twenty two, we met up. We talked about the, the thing, and we were like, right, we're going to start releasing these podcasts like quite regularly. Um, then we didn't meet up again for another seven or eight months, and then we recorded our Halloween special. Now yeah, the yeah, Halloween special right. part one and part two. Part one is a very lean fifty. Oh, I should also reiterate that with the thing. With the thing special, we did end up talking about the thing for about eleven minutes. Right, that's right. We did it right at the end. Yeah, we did it right rush end, through and it, we, and, we, and I didn't talk about what I, you know. Um, <laughs> I've got so much more to say about the thing. Maybe um, we'll do a part two. And then we did the Halloween uh, special, which was uh, we both went to see Halloween Kills individually, independently of each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know what? That is an example of. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? We've read the fan mail in advance and now we're talking about it on air. Um, so um, uh, how, how, I'll just get to the end of one thought, shall I? <laughs> Let's and, do it. And, uh, and so we did the Halloween special. So, yeah. so, but that's part one and part two. And that comes in at a very lean one hour uh, and a slightly baggy 
uh, or part two, which is one hour and 48 minutes or something <laughs> like that. Um, so, um, and we did end up talking about Halloween Kills for about uh, two, two, uh, two and a bit hours. Yeah, so longer think, than the running time of the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could have done it as a commentary. I think that's possible. I think that's possible, though. I think, you know, sometimes I'll watch like a YouTube video that's, that's like five hours long that's talking about something... Oh, I mean, it is a waste of life. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I should have more important things to be doing. Um, but I just find it very relaxing. <laughs> it is. Nice to have on. <laughs> it's nice to have on in the background. Um, yes. Uh, but if, you, if you're interested, anyway, so my name's Nick. My name's Nat. <laughs> my name's Nat. <laughs> my, uh, my, my name's Nick. This is Nat. And we are. The JCAS. The John Carpenter Appreciation Society. And here we are, all the way, all the way up in our little treehouse. Uh, I, I, uh, uh, I've climbed up my knotted uh, uh, rope mm-hmm. um, all the way to the top, all, to, all the way to gold. And, yeah. um, and, uh, and, uh, and you are, if you're trying to picture it, <clears throat> it's very similar to the treehouse uh, that they have in the Monster Squad. That's always um, what I picture. That's, yeah. that's exactly yeah, yeah. that's what I picture. Um, but I don't need to picture it because you know that's where we are. There's a really good joke in the Monster Squad, but I can't remember whether I've imagined this or whether don't they make a joke about the dogs in the treehouse? And at some point, doesn't someone just say casually, "How did he get up here?" And I always go, "It's quite a good joke." He's just sort of running around in the treehouse, but there's this sort of odd like they kind of acknowledge a thing that someone's obviously realized on set and gone wait how's the dog got into the treehouse well i imagine that they've got a little basket that they pull up oh, yeah, that's it We've got so a... that they can get like uh, refreshments and yeah. sandwiches etc much you like know. buffalo bill in um silence of the lambs absolutely oh this is this is a good episode oh, that's that's not what i was going to say that's that's consuming obey <laughs> 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 oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Back. That's a cool. Back. Yeah, so, that's a to, cool. To long-term listeners, um, <clears throat> yeah. So here we are. Here we're off. This is our Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so what have you been? What have you been? Oh, oh, so if you, oh, we don't have to because we've not released any of these yet. I feel like there's this overwhelming urge to introduce what the show is with every episode. Yes, and I think that that's really what podcasts do. Um, they they have like a little uh, tag at the at the top that just tells people what it is. So basically, when this is up and running, you write in and tell us what to watch, and we will you know watch it if we want to. If we want to, it's very loose. That's it's freewheeling. It's freewheeling, chat. Freewheeling the the killer whale. It's um, what we do is we meet up and we talk about films we've seen, films we liked, films we didn't like. Uh, and we would do this whether it was being recorded or not. So this is a little insight into our relationship and what we'd do most of the time, whether you were here or not. That's how it happened in the, in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just, I, you know, they said, do, they, they asked me, do I want to do a radio show mm-hmm. where it's just me um, interviewing, I don't know, people off of um, whatever uh, reality TV show? And I said, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said, oh, please do a radio show, Nick. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> but if I can use it as a backdoor to get a podcast going for me and my friend Nathaniel Metcalf, then why not? 
And, uh, oh, do you know what? I'm boring myself. <laughs> and four years later, here we are. Four years later, <laughs> here we are. We finally got our podcast off. Through. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, does not matter. Anyway, cool. Right, so um, do, you, do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a bit at the beginning where we actually talk to the listener. Yeah. Which I always find very deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Because there's probably no one going to be listening. <laughs> so what we need to do is we need to get back in the room and just talk to each other. Yeah. That's how it is. Right, okay, so Nat, um, what have you been um, <laughs> consuming this week? Consuming it well, I reckon from the start of this, this month. This is a Christmas special, Barry. Well, in that's mind. what I mean. From the start of this month, I always like to try and watch Christmas movies um, in sort of December, maybe late November. And for me, can I just stop you there? Yes. If you've got any fan mail to write, in, <laughs> uh, please write it into the uh, JCAS Nick, Nick and, and Nat, Nat at gmail.com. Gmail. Wait, is that when you say JCAS and then Nick and Nat, what's JCAS is spelling, right? JC, so it's the letters. It's the letters. So the, the, uh, what you're going to be using for this is mainly letters, guys. And mainly email there's, to get there. There's one symbol and one punctuation mark. But, okay, that's good to know. But like, so, so, and you'll, you'll see them when they come up. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, so what you need to be typing in, right? All lowercase, that's mm-hmm. what I'd say. That's when uh, they're little letters, mm-hmm. not capitals. Gotcha. Okay, it's J C A S. J C A S. N I C K. Gotcha. A N D. Not ampersand. N A. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. You're you're, you're overcomplicating. Am I confusing it? No, I don't think you're confusing it. You're over. It's good to it's good to work these things right. out. But okay. you're overcomplicating. We're workshopping it. it. So the email is A N D. No, it's J C A. Oh, I see. Yeah, yes, you're picking at that point, up later but on. I think we should probably start again because I think we're confusing over. people. I think we start over because it is getting confusing to me even, so and I know what it is. J C. A.S. John Carpenter Appreciation Society, but we don't write that. We don't, abbreviate uh, that. Once again, you've made something very simple, I know. very confusing. Okay. J-C-A-S-N-I-C-K-A-N-D-N-A-T. Now you get your first symbol, an only symbol. First and only symbol is the at sign. Which one's that? That's the one that's sort of like... Oh, it's an um, A, isn't it, with a tail that goes around it? It looks like um, it's not so if you get a kettle and you open up the kettle, it mm-hmm. looks like the element at the bottom of a kettle. I know, what a lovely, what a lovely illusion. Yeah, but the, hopefully your one isn't covered in lime scale. Um, because it's an at, uh, it's an at sign. At, yeah. It's just a key. I think it's a tiny letter, lowercase a, with a tail that goes all around it. Yeah, I think of it like that too, mm. like 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 um, like a house a. Yes. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's 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 curled up in the corner and it's just having a little right. nap. And is that the end of the email? But you don't want to put the a out in the real world because it won't last two minutes. Uh, <laughs> that, you need a capital A for that. Right. Good to know. Um, that's a little riff that I've done on cats. Uh, I don't know anything about cats. Um, well, you've not, seen the music, not the animals. But I've seen the musical several times, <laughs> unbelievably. I hate it. Have you seen it several times? Oh, I've I know seen, we're in the middle of the email. We'll I've, get seen, back to it. I've seen I've seen the live production. I know you've seen the live production. Several I've, times. Have you seen it several times? I think maybe with the school and then oh. maybe, maybe, and then years later, oh, years later. When you told me about it, I almost didn't believe that's what it was. Well, I know, I've heard about what cat. I thought I knew what Cats was. Or I assumed that in my head when people talk about Cats the musical. I went, yeah, yeah, they're all cats and they sing and they blah, blah, blah. But when you were telling me the actual plot of it, 
I was like, it actually blew my mind. Yeah, slightly. yeah, no, it's it's it, much madder than I thought it was. Uh, yeah, Cats is terrible. Yeah, yeah, I know everyone thinks it's it, the thing is everyone says that the film is terrible, mm-hmm. and the film is terrible. But what they don't say is the musical it's based on is terrible. Yeah. And the musical, is, like, of course the film's shit. The musical is shit. If the film achieved in its objective of adapting the musical, it would be a shit film. I think it's a perfect adaptation, to be honest, because <laughs> that's how, you know, uh, um, uh, it, it's not a perfect adaptation. i tell you what the difference mm-hmm. between, i tell you what the problem with adapting Cats is. Yeah. The problem is Cats isn't a musical. Cats is a dance show. Right. Right? And um, and it's got songs. Yeah, it's got a couple of absolute bangers. But what are they? Oh, Memories? Mem- memories. Yeah. And there must be another one. Let's assume. Oh, Give God. them a break. Fucking nothing, nothing. Oh, I'll tell you who I fucking hate. Go on. The Rum Tum Tugger. I fucking hate that little <laughs> Who's thing. he in the movie? I fucking... I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. There's a bit when... Uh, Oh, the rum tum tugger. The rum tum tugger is a curious cunt. <laughs> I fucking hate him. I fucking hate him. Um, right, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, it, the problem with adapting it is that all of the like the majority of their bodies in cats is CGI. All of their bodies are CGI, right? I thought they were in like cat suit. I oh, know they are. They can't not, be, can they? They're wearing green uh, little. Um, gotcha. They must be <clears> in like the sort of motion capture stuff, are they? Yeah. But they've sort of superimposed their actual faces on them or something. I, it's, uh, well, so I've definitely recognised the guys. Been, there's been so much said about the, the musical uh, and the movie Cats. I don't, and I think we've probably talked about it. We don't need to add to it. No. Uh, all I'm saying is that it's the at symbol. And then, um, it's, well, and then, then it's just gmail.com. Gotcha. Not co.uk. Or Google Mail? We've disabashed that? Um, no, not Google Mail. Is, is it the same thing? I think... I think at one point it was. I think at one point it was sort of like you could just you know, do, do one or the other. But and maybe think, it's maybe you can still. Maybe it is. So some some guys it, like um, put them both in. Put them both. CC in. or BCC, either one. Yeah. Um, if it gets to us, that's the only thing. So that's. Yeah, but like do do Gmail and then maybe try Google Mail as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep that fan mail rolling in. Uh, did you start a timer on this? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because the last thing I remember, I remember is it. saying, <laughs> hey, it's one o'clock, let's get started. Yep. And now it's quarter to two, and I don't think we've done 45 minutes. But maybe. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we have. Maybe we have. You're peaking very slightly. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to uh, take your microphone down a little bit. There you go. Okay, right. So what were you saying? I was saying that it's December, and during December, I like to watch um, sort of Christmas movies. Mm. And I, but I've always, I'm not one, you know, I'm not necessarily doing the kind of is Die Hard a Christmas movie. I think any movie set at Christmas that has a vaguely Christmassy feel will do me. Uh, do you know what I realised? And I realised that um, while I was doing my day job, uh, mm-hmm. my film quiz podcast podcast, yes. um, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like, the thing about... Okay, right, so is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And I always thought it was. I've never not... I don't think... I've always sort of think of it as, as a Christmas movie. It's got a Christmas song at the end. Yeah. There's... Um, the start. There's jingle bells, <clears throat> like, used as percussion in the uh, in the soundtrack of mm-hmm. it. Um, 
and it's about family. Um, so I, I think I don't th- I don't even think it's really up for debate. And the opening credits is Christmas in Hollis, isn't it, by Run DMC, which plays not as not as uh, part of the scene. It then becomes the, the actual soundtrack. The actual soundtrack, yeah. So it's I mean it's saying this is a Christmas film. There's one there's one really nerdy thing, which is that um, uh, when um, the security guard on the front desk mm-hmm. uh, gets like. You know when the terrorist takes over, yeah. and he's sat on the. Who is that guy? He looks like he looks like Huey Lewis. He does. It's he's not like, Huey Lewis. It's a funny, isn't it? Because the makeup of the. Well, I guess the point is they're not terrorists, isn't it? Spoilers. They're just criminals. That, but one of them comes from a background of being a terrorist. Yeah. Uh, but they're all kind of. Most of them are European, but that guy is like a sort of Southern American guy, isn't he? And actually, you think, actually, they're not even all sort of European. Some of them are American. He reminds me a bit of the cowboy in Inner Space. He does. He's a lot like that guy. But he's not that guy. He's not. Because that guy is Robert from... Robert Picardo. Yeah, he's from... Um, Joe Dante movies. And he's in and Star, Star Trek. Trek. Star yeah. Trek. Um, but I've never watched any of the series of Star Trek that he's no. in. No. And I think, actually, when I was a kid, I bet I assumed they were the same person. I think he was the coach in the Wonder Years as well, right? He might well be, yeah. I th- he be. was a coach in something, and I think I knew him from the Wonder Years, and then he popped up in other stuff, and then it was like, it might not be the Wonder Years, it might be something else. Um, if you if you <laughs> if you know, obviously write in uh, um, to uh, Nick and uh, the uh, what. J-C-A-S-N-I-C-K-A-N-D-N-A-T at symbol G-mail M-A-I-L dot com C-O-M Yes, so so anyway, so there's a bit when he's watching a American football game, or just football, I suppose, if you're out there. Yeah, that's what you call it in America. Happy holidays. Um... So he's watching. He's watching a game, and somebody uh, either they worked out what the game was, mm-hmm. um, which I think doesn't make really loads of sense because um, it would have just been a stock game that they had. I don't think that that, that if you could identify when the game was. Well, yeah, because it's assuming there's a football. Is there a football? Maybe there is football on Christmas Eve. I think they have a new... I think they have a um, a Thanksgiving uh, football match. And I think that Die Hard is meant to be set like the third week of November. Oh, not Christmas. No, it's an early Christmas party. Okay. So they've got a Christmas tree and they've got all that stuff, but it's not set on Christmas Eve. I Isn't it? No. And why would it be set on Christmas Eve? No one's having an office party on Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's I always set... assume they're all kind of breaking up now. It's like the end of term. Yeah. But so why would it be on Christmas Eve? They not they no one no one is abandoning their family. Like if you're a single mum like Holly Gennaro, you're not abandoning your kids on Christmas Eve. To go to a, a party yeah. uh, that goes on all night. Do you know what I mean? Sure, but so it can't be. It can't be that early. It can't be. Well, so exactly. So someone has someone has worked out what that game was. They worked right. out when that game was on, and I think it was like a Thanksgiving match. And um, but this is just like 
uh, we've not done any research. We're just talking, right? Mm. If you're looking for like hard facts <laughs> and edge lord opinions, we ain't got none, <laughs> right? We're just we, this. This is for us more than it is for you, <laughs> all right? So, 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 don't write in to you know. Um, so where, where would they write in if they were going to? Actually, do write in. Yeah. Do write. Do write in. Do write in. Mm. Right. With as much feedback as you can possibly give us. But what I'm saying is that. Um, this is just two people chatting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, uh, this is this is no research done. This is all information off the top of our heads because mm-hmm. we're that good. Um, so, someone has gone online and they've worked out when the match was, and they're saying it's around like November time. Now, if it was a film that they were, it is a film. So w- the way that they would have done it was they'd have got a copy of the match and they'd have had it on loop on the TV and the guy would have been sat there and then they'd have picked the clip that they'd have had and it would have been like on on loop or maybe they were just, you know, showing the entire match. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would have had it on tape. It wouldn't have been live on the mm-hmm. night that they were actually filming Die Hard. It would have been on tape and it would have been piped through. And... Um, and so I don't think it's meant to be date and date accurate. It's meant to be just be a football game that's going right. on. So it's not like time stamping it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. There's that. The fact that it's a holiday movie. It is a Christmas movie. Um, but the thing that I only just worked out was that um, uh, his wife's called Holly. Yes, so did I. And it's like. Her name is Holly, so it's obviously... And, and you know what? I think people's standards of what a Christmas... And I think probably largely through due to Die Hard. Mm-hmm. I think people's ideas of what a Christmas movie has changed over the last 30 years. Yes, and, me too. Uh, when people were like going, is it a Christmas movie? Uh, it can't be a Christmas movie, it's got guns in. So what's a Christmas movie? A Christmas movie can't just be like a romantic comedy uh, set in the snow with people bumping into each other and dropping, you know, uh, their parcels and getting their parcels all, all mixed up. And then, mm-hmm. and then, oh, there's a load of uh, confusion. And then on Christmas Eve, uh, the two leads get together and then they kiss and then our Christmas is saved. It can't just be that. Yeah. And it can't just be about a kid discovering Santa Claus and all this other stuff. Um, and basically Home Alone is kind of like um, a family remake of Die Hard anyway. Yeah. Also, I remember they had the network premiere of the film Home Alone. I don't know which year. When it was on ITV, I remember they put it on and it was like, oh, it was a big movie anyway, big massive movie. So it was like ITV movie premiere this Sunday. And I remember it being at like the end of November or something. And it just seemed mad to me, like, just hold on to that because it's a Christmas film. Just wait. Just wait a month and put it on on over Christmas rather than putting it on a month before. Yes. So it'd be like... So even something like Home Alone wasn't even necessarily a Christmas movie, um, even in those years following it. Like, it would be on TV at any time of year they put it on. Yeah. And you'd just be watching it going, and now Home Alone's on. Well, it's like releasing Batman Returns in the summer. Exactly. And it was kind of like, why are you releasing Batman Returns in the summer? It's obviously it's a Christmas film. Exactly. Um... What else? Die Hard Two came out in the summer. Well, might I might I add this? This brings up a lovely bit of fan mail that we've got. We can tie into this. Yeah, and this is from uh, really. I'm too old for this on uh, on Instagram. And the okay, right. Well, Brian. Um, and, oh, 
thanks for bringing me back into the man. How have you got up the uh, treehouse today, Brian? <laughs> oh, um, um, I winched myself up. <laughs> uh, uh, let's just stick to the fan mail. I'm not doing on improv. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brian. Gremlins is a Christmas movie, yes or no? Um, thanks, Brian. Um, Gremlins, that was Brian Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, lead singer of ACDC. Um, Gremlins, it, yeah, Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Uh, do you know what? It's, it's whatever you want to watch. Mm. You know, um, uh, is is Nightmare Before Christmas a Christmas movie? or Because it's not very Christmassy. No, and it starts on Halloween. That's the thing. I think Nightmare Before Christmas, the whole point of it, it's in that kind of, it's a bit of a run-up to Christmas movie. Yeah. Because it starts at Halloween and goes through to Christmas. It's, uh, well, the way shops work is like literally um, uh, on on Halloween evening... Basically, shops just get converted to Christmas yeah. shops overnight, and uh, I but the run up to Christmas basically starts on the first of November in, Eng- in England. Basically, yeah, that's when all the shops change. Um, I uh, spent all of November. Well, I was on tour this year, and so I spent all of October watching. I tried to watch as many. I tried to watch a horror movie a day. Yes, I tried to watch thirty-one horror movies. I, d- I didn't. <laughs> um, I can't remember how many I watched in the end. Probably about uh, maybe about twenty-one, which is still not a bad guy, but about twenty-one. And then uh, it got to um, the beginning of November, and um, uh, and I was like, I, I was basically I was tweeting. I don't know. How to, I don't know how Twitter works. Mm. I, d- I don't. I don't get it. All I do is I write stuff that I find either interesting like i'll write a tweet that i'll think this is an absolute banger <laughs> and then uh, it gets three likes if that if that and then uh, and so all of these films that i've been watching i was just putting them up on um i did have letterbox but then i got really i it, it became fiddly and so then i was just putting stuff up on uh twitter and uh it had like three likes and then i got up to i was going to do uh, i got I got through October and I'd done about 22 films. Can't remember exactly how many, but I'd done about 22. And I said, don't worry, guys, I'm going to still do 31. Uh, and I got up to 30 uh, about <laughs> a month ago. Uh, and then I just stopped. And not one person asked me, what was the 31st film? No, none. Um, uh, and I was going to go through 31 and I was going to g- just keep going. But um, I just didn't bother. Um I enjoyed watching horror films so much that I basically just that's all I've been watching. And I actually find because it's because uh, it gets dark early and there's the snow and all of that stuff. So I do find that there's something quite comforting in sort of like wrapping up warm and sort of sitting down and watching um, watching a horror movie. So I've just been watching horror movies basically. I haven't been watching any Christmas stuff. Yeah, but I I think I watch stuff that's more like. Yeah, like it can be in any genre, so it never really feels particularly super seasonal. Yeah, but I mean, um, I th- I think Christmas movies, the majority of Christmas movies aren't good, and when you have to ask, I mean, the majority of Christmas films are about Christmas, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably what makes them not great because basically um, Christmas is subjective. And what you know, what people do, what people can afford, what people want. You know, I think it's all. I think one of the. So I think just having a film that's about Christmas doesn't necessarily make it a good Christmas movie. And when you've got something like Die Hard, 
which is um, which is sort of like about Christmas van- values, mm-hmm. which is getting your family back together and looking after each other and kind of um, and at the end there's a big celebration and it's about you know um, strangers uh, uh, getting together and uh, goodwill to all men and you know I think it is a Christmas movie more than something like Jingle All the Way, which is just about consumerism. Um, and it's not even a satire on it. There's a bit of it when uh, when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad are running around. There's a bit <laughs> of satire, but it's not it's not hard satire. It's mm. still a kids' film, and it's still a, I, I maintain. I've said this before. I'm going to maintain it. Jingle All the Way should have been like a sequel to True Lies, where Arnold Schwarzenegger was this super spy who because they've got him playing a regular guy. Who's in charge of what's he in charge of? A sh- a sh- I don't know. Like, uh, I always think that he's in charge of like, like, like he runs a, uh, a shoe shop. Is that what it is? No. But I think that that's Steve Martin in Father of the Bride, who right. definitely runs a shoe, ma- like he runs. Yes, he does. A he, shoe factory. A, a, a tra- he makes trainers. But I also thought that that's what he did in um, Jingle All the Way. But he shouldn't be a regular guy. He should be a super spy who's always letting his family down because he's always all over the world, you know, killing Bond villains, right? Mm-hmm. And then at Christmas, he's been he's been saving the world. And he's he probably just got back late. He hasn't had any time. He hasn't got any time and he hasn't bought his son the gift. And then he's just like, oh, fuck, right, I've got to go out and get the gift. And then it turns out that getting Turbo Man is even harder than saving the world, yeah? yeah. That's the film, but the... Without that element to it, it's just a, it's just a. Well, that's always a problem with Arnold Schwarzenegger films, where later on, the more mainstream he became, the more it, they tried to make him an everyman figure, and he's like, he isn't. He's yeah. like a sort of soup. That's why he looks completely different from normal people. That's the well. Do you know what? That's the whole concept of. Um, that's the whole concept of all of his comedies. Yeah, except for Jingle All the Way, which which veers. Violently from the formula, mm-hmm. whereas like Jingle All the Way would work better without Arnold Schwarzenegger. As it is, it would work better without Arnold Schwarzenegger if you did have kind of like an everyman that was forced to become Turbo Man. Yeah. But Arnold Schwarzenegger already looked like Turbo Man. Exactly. So what's the point in doing this? You know. So either he is a super spy or he is like an everyday guy who has to you know take a step up. But the way it worked, I mean, it was just badly. And people people stand by it, but um, I would say that is only because uh, you've been brainwashed by it because you're too young. Well, I think no, I think there's two things with Jingle All the Way. I didn't see Jingle All the Way at the time. I saw it much later. I thought it made a really good trailer as well. I remember seeing the trailer for it uh, around Christmas time in a packed packed cinema, right. and I thought, and it had um, Arnold Schwarzenegger punching uh, people oh, yeah, dressed yeah. up as snowmen. And it had the, the James Belushi bit. And it was kind of like, is this going to be good? This looks like it could be fun. Yeah, all right. Okay, great. And then when it came out, I just didn't... I, I didn't watch that all Batman and Robin. All about the same time. You didn't watch it? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch them at the cinema. No. And do you know what? Batman and Robin, here's a nice little thing. Um, when we first met Nick, not the first time we met, but I remember seeing you at gigs and I remember doing one gig with you in downstairs, no, upstairs at the Queen's Head on Denman yeah. Street on yeah. like a Saturday night or something. Right. And it was when at the time I was used to doing five minutes and I remember 
the uh, compare said when we got there, so how long are we doing? And he said, is it five minutes? And he said, no, no, it's 10 minutes. And he said to me, um, this is the big time now. And I remember at the time going, wow, we really have hit the big time. It's an early <laughs> gig for me. And if you know anything about that gig, it was not the big time. <laughs> but it felt like a big deal. And after one of those gigs, we were both on, and I remember we were in the bar downstairs and we were chatting about things. And I don't know how it came up, but it was some I had just seen, so this would be about 2008, early 2008, something like that. And I had only just seen Batman and Robin for the first time. I'd avoided it for years. And I'd just seen it. And it was slightly before all those kind of memes and things came out. About yeah. It. And I was like, I don't know why I thought of it. I said to you, I've just watched, Bat- have you seen Batman and Robin? And I had no idea that, of course, you, of course you would have, because you know all, all about these films. One of the things I remember bonding over was this thing where I was like, I had no idea it was that bad. And we had a big, long chat about Batman and Robin. Mm. And I remember afterwards going, this guy knows his stuff. This guy knows his movies. Yeah, and I do. <laughs> um, but it was one of the first things we had a little bond over, I think, was that, Nick? Talking about Batman and Robin. And I never saw it. I didn't see it till much, much later. Um, and I had seen Batman Forever. And Batman Forever, I think, was perhaps the film I was most looking forward to mm. that year. I was so excited about it. And I was disappointed. Batman Forever. At Batman Forever. Mm. But I wasn't super disappointed. But almost like as the months went on, I became more and more disappointed. And by the time, like within two years... When Batman and Robin came out, I was even like, "I'm out." Yeah, I'm would, not even. I'm not even going to bother. Yeah, because I think I think that Batman Forever was. Um, it was kind of like, it was a step in the wrong direction for me, mm-hmm. and then also, but it was kind of like imperceptible at the time. Yeah, because I remember I it was a like peak um, comic shop period for me. Mm-hmm. Where mid nineties, I was going to the comic shop all the time. They released all of the posters at the comic shop, uh, and they're all the character posters. And I just remember looking at all the posters, thinking, "Oh my god, this is our first look at the characters." You get a really good look at the characters. That this is going to be, this is going to be incredible. I think. I think it Me would, too. they would have been better off just rebooting it and um, and not making it a continuation, just recasting all the characters. But what it is, is it's one foot in... It's basically, they, they're going like, well, we'll keep Commissioner Gordon, we'll keep Alfred. Um, and Tim Burton was still credited, wasn't he, as producer? Yeah, but he was out. Yeah. I mean, that was, just, that was just the name thing. But, like, um, th- that was kind of like a vanity credit because they were trying to keep him happy. But they basically fired him. Um, and... Uh, but you're right. Even like from the first images and everything, I was still like, "Yes, please." I'm a hundred percent. And also, Two Face from uh, Batman the animated series. Two Face was my favourite character because yeah. I just think there's something really great in in one half of a character being Bruce Wayne's best friend, mm. and the other half of the character being Batman's uh, worst enemy. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I just really they just when you see it, it's got. It's trying to be a kid's film. Well, it's, it's just, it, it, it was just, you couldn't quite put your finger on it at the time. Mm. And then, and it, it kind of like, it poisoned the water. And then eventually, by the time it got to Batman and Robin, I didn't even care. It wasn't, it wasn't that I heard Batman and Robin was bad. 
I wasn't interested in exactly. Batman and Robin from the from the from the off. I yeah. was just like, it set off a chain of events that just yeah. So I, I saw Batman Forever, and I remember seeing it at like ten o'clock or something, like maybe even earlier, like nine thirty on the morning it came out. And at the time, it felt like they weren't even showing films that early. They'd obviously done special ones, so there was much demand to see it. And I went to see it on that morning, the first morning you could see it, like the first public show. And I remember coming out going, yeah, it was all right, but feeling a bit disappointed. And yeah, just from then on, it just sort of, the more I sat with it, the more I was like, nah, nah, not this. And I don't know how often there's been kind of like... um a version of Batman since then that I've been excited about. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is, like, you know, back then there were three Batman films, there were three superhero films. Do you know what mm. I mean? There was, a, like, like they weren't making... They weren't literally three superhero films, but they, were, but they weren't making superhero films. Yeah. And, and it had to be something bankable like Batman or something that could be, like, low-budget like Blade or something like that. Um uh, but you know the the superhero movies that they were making was the Shadow, the Phantom. Um, there was something else that came out, Dick Tracy. Yes, and and they were kind of like, um, but they weren't kind of like the big superheroes or anything like that. And 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 now there's so many, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, it makes every, it makes a, any conversation that you're going to have about a specific, you know, yeah, it makes any conversation that you have about Batman Forever absolutely just like, what's the point? What's the point <laughs> in talking? What's the point in talking about any of this stuff? It's been buried anyway. Yeah. If you don't like Batman Forever, there's some, there's another version of Batman out there that you do like. That's what I like about Batman is that that I I do kind of like the um, the version of Batman where it's kind of like fantastical and you've got uh, Ra's al Ghul and you've got Batmite. And you've got, you know, I like all the silly side of it, but then I also like like the gritty side of it. And I liked elements of the Christopher Nolan stuff, but it wasn't like my Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like bits of Tim Burton, but again, I don't think that... Yeah. Why have you killed the Joker at the end of the first... Why have you done that? And, <clears throat> and it's like, this is great as a take on Batman. But that's all the comics ever were. Yeah. So when everyone keeps going on and on about canon, and all, I always just, whenever I picked up a comic book... I was always just like, well, this is an adventure. This is like a standalone adventure. They're all standalone adventures using this character. And they might bring in something that's happening in another comic book, or they might ignore it all. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, so trying to sort of like piece it all together to make it all make sense and sort of like canonical and kind of w- what Marvel are doing with kind of like um, the multiverse and yeah. stuff like that. I'm, not, I'm just like really not like... I, not every single version of a thing needs to connect to each other. No, but I think that is the difference, isn't it? There, but, but you're saying that about Marvel, but actually what's interesting about Marvel is it's the first time really they've done it and done it, tried to do it properly, have a coherent universe. Yeah. And it's but, really now that they're, you know, you've had the DC ones try to follow it and already it does none of it makes any sense that they're remotely in the same universe. But it's a bit like Doctor Who. When, when it's like, well, let's get all the doctors back together. Again. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, these guys are still alive, so we'll get the ones that are still breathing back together again, <laughs> you know? Um, and and and, that, and it's kind of... And it is not... When I... I mean, I... What was it called? No Way Home. Yeah, Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked... It was it's weird. It, what was weird about it... I mean, it's seeing Andrew Garfield and getting nostalgic when Andrew Garfield turns up. And he kind of, <laughs> he made two very average films. He was great. Um, I really, you know, I really like Andrew Garfield. But, but and when he turns up, it's kind of like you go, 
brilliant. Yeah. I'm like, I, he stole the show for me, really. The point of those Andrew Garfield films were to do something actively different while doing the same thing. So they were kind of cursed. Because they start off a thing where they say, right, we need to reboot Spider-Man, a film that still feels contemporary. So the Sam Raimi one still felt contemporary. So what they did, they brought in elements of that, that had been in the comics, but kind of abandoned, like abandoned ideas from the comics where they did this. I think in the, was it the 90s or maybe early 2000s, they brought in this concept that, well, maybe, who are Peter Parker's parents? Is he an orphan? So they sort of start off with this thing where his parents are possibly like spies or something. And they did that in the comics, but they had to kind of abandon it. So they go, no, we'll put that in because that makes it different. It's an element of the origin that's different from the Sam Raimi ones. And they go, right, well, in they skip all the, the Gwen Stacy stuff in the Sam Raimi ones. It goes straight to uh, Mary Jane. So let's do Gwen Stacy as the girlfriend in in the... Uh, yeah. So it's it's like it's almost an exercise in going. How can we do the same thing but different? But wasn't I what did I, they do and what didn't they? I do? wasn't a Marvel guy and I didn't uh, I didn't ever read Spider Man. But wasn't Gwen Stacy his next girlfriend? No, Gwen Stacy was his first girlfriend. Oh, well, how come? So why did Sam Raimi do Mary Jane? Because she was then sort of the established one by the nineties, and that's who he marries in the eighties. In right. the comics. So that's basically becomes... Mary Jane becomes his wife, but she's not in Spider-Man till I think, the 50th issue, I think. Which I think might be the issue that introduces the Kingpin character as well. Wow. Yeah. There no, I didn't mean it. Okay. Yeah. Take it as a compliment. So basically, Mary Jane's meant to be the neighbour. For Christmas, <laughs> take that as a compliment. It's good, it's good though, because it, it, she's, a, she's a character who's meant to be the next-door neighbour. So she's referred to a lot. Right. And so she's referred to, and she's always going. So Aunt May is always going. You know, you should really, you should really keep an eye on this Mary Jane. She's and she's like um, Aunt May's like friend's daughter or something. Yeah. So she's going. Oh, she's a lovely girl. You should meet her. Yeah. And Peter Parker's like, no. And the idea is, it's like, I don't want to go out with someone who you've picked for me. And then eventually, in issue fifty, it ends with him finally going. Fine, I'll go on a date with Mary Jane. And Mary Jane shows up and she's like really pretty. And she says to him, face it, Tiger, you should hit the jackpot. And that's where that comes from. So her first appearance is going, mate, you've done really well here. Where he's been avoiding her for months right, and months. Right, 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 And that's it. Spider-Man was like a soap opera. Yes. All the Marvel ones were. And Spider-Man more than others. The sort of Stanley sort of writing was all soapy. So these storylines would go on for ages. So in the background, Wiley's fighting the Scorpion or the Vulture. He's he's constantly going, Aunt May's got no money. I've got to make rent. I've got to get my high school assignment done. Yeah. Uh, but I can't because the Vulture's shown up and now I've got to fight him. Yeah. And now I've got to make money. And and in, there's all these, like, he has all these, like, romances that with people. Betty Brandt is one of these people that works for the Daily Bugle. And he's, you know, he's the nerdy kid. And is she in the films, isn't she? She's in the films, but they're, they're kind of played down. What's, uh, who's the actress? I don't know. In in the more recent films, she's at the school, but she doesn't go out with him. Right. Um, Who is she at the Daily Bugle? Um, she's like, I think she's always J. Jonah Jameson's secretary. That's what's her face, then, isn't it? Who is it? Oh, she's famous. Keep talking. Okay. So in those, so in the comics. Is it Leslie Mann? My no, it's not Leslie Mann. 
it's in the comics, she's um, she's one of Peter Parker's first girlfriends because it's all about him entering an adult world. When he starts working at the Daily Bugle, there's like certain Betty Brant's meant to be older. I think she's meant to be early to mid twenties, and he's meant to be about eighteen. But it sort of becomes obvious early on that Betty Brant quite fancies him, and he's a bit Elizabeth he's Banks. The, okay, because he's like I don't. He doesn't really get that she would find him attractive, but it's this idea when he enters an adult world, women start finding him attractive because he's actually got lots of qualities. You know, it's that thing about being a sort of high school nerd. But yes. in, in the adult world, people go, I like this Peter Barker guy. Yeah. So it's all these, like, he's, it's that thing about, I think this older woman finds me attractive. So for, there's things like that. He, that's one of his girlfriends right? for a time and things like that. But what I like about, what, is, what I didn't realise at the time... It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It's just weird the way it all works. But what I didn't realise at the time was um, I felt like when I watched the Spider-Man trilogy that it was Sam Raimi light. Like it was like Diet diet Raimi where um, he was obviously doing a big studio, a big budget you know, superhero movie and you watch it and it's kind of like it's set in the real world and it's, got, you know... Um, yeah, it's kind of when you watch it now, it's so wholesome and so um, old fashioned. Uh, but when when you went to see it, the cin- when I went to see it at the cinema, it felt so contemporary and new and thing. But it wasn't ever meant to be. It was Sam Raimi doing something that was wholesome and old fashioned and like a throwback. Yeah, he was doing sixties style Spider Man comics. Yeah, in the year two thousand. But at the time, I didn't appreciate it. But I've, I rewatched them within the last couple of years, um, the, the Sam Raimi films. And actually, and I think Spider Man Three. There's loads of really good stuff in Spider Man Three. I do, yeah. I think it's yeah, it's a, it's a sort of film of two halves. All the stuff that people mock about it, like when he has the sort of when they talk about the kind of emo, spot on. You go, brilliant. That's a great bit. It's the, really funny, and it gives it, him a chance to do like it's, some. It's really funny, and and when he when he buys his black suit, you know, and he's going on emo and stuff. You know, um, everyone was like, are you meant to take this seriously or not? I, have we talked about this? We've talked about this, surely. Have we? I don't know. Like, you know, everyone was like, oh, my God, he's so he's such a loser when he goes all cool and emo. It's like, it's, and it's like, it is, he is meant to be a loser. Yeah. Sam Raimi is, uh, is judging the character. He's like going, look, look what a douchebag Peter Parker's turned into. He thinks he's cool, but Peter Parker's idea of what is cool is really sort of like sleazy and sad. Yeah. And, and, he doesn't, and, and then when he buys his black suit, he goes into this clothes shop and all of the signs outside the clothes shop say, sale, half off. And, and the idea is that uh, Peter, Peter Parker goes in and, he, and he's a cheapskate. He goes in and, he, and he's buying a cool new suit, but he's buying like the cheapest suit that he can. He's bought it in the sale. He's got a 50% off uh, voucher or whatever it is but he's, but like there's huge signs outside the shop saying like there's a sale on <laughs> and that that's part of the joke you know is so yeah so I think it was probably a little bit and also it was rushed and also there's pro, there's, there's problems with it but I think that the the overall the overall message to it was was um, was uh, really good um, we've gone on a lovely tangent here from is uh, Gremlins a Christmas movie? Yeah. Does that answer your question? Um, is Gremlins a Christmas movie? Of course Gremlins is a yeah. Christmas movie. There's a bit when they're all like singing Christmas songs and they've all got like Christmas hats on. And Phoebe Cates does the big story about the Christmas, uh, why she doesn't like Christmas. 
um, and that's the sort. And that's again, that's another one of those things which is like, you don't know it's funny till I was older. It's like, oh, it's a joke. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think you necessarily. Uh, what's hmm, it, 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 hmm? Okay, so there's a difference between films that you watch at Christmas yeah. and Christmas films. Whereas, uh, whereas Die Hard is a film that you could watch all year round. And it's sort of like, I think it was adopted, ironically, by people that were just like, yeah, you want to watch a Christmas movie? Well, it's Christmas in Die Hard, we'll make that a Christmas movie. Yeah. Whereas I actually think that it does like fit within the category. Me too. Um, and something like Gremlins, it's set at Christmas, and it's this Christmas film, and, um, and anything, I think, that makes you want to uh, draw the curtains, turn the lights down... Uh, light a candle and, and and watch a you know like snuggle down and watch a watch a movie. I think that's 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 Christmas movie. Um, where so something like Star Wars, I would say that's a Christmas movie. Yes. Um, the Harry Potter films, I would say they're Christmas movies. Wizard of Oz, maybe. Um, I, I think for sure. Wizard but of they're Oz. not about Christmas, no. you know. But um, we're watching the Harry Potter films at the moment. We're like. Um, uh, we got to the fourth one. I've not seen any of them. You've not seen any of them? No. They well, I mm, I remember they get better, but we've just done Goblet of Fire, and see, I, I think that's the I think that's the I think that's the franchise's uh, low point. Right. It's, so the, the, it's the point where I'm the least invested, and that's number four. Goblet that's number four. Yeah. I've, uh, but I only know that because I've literally just watched it. Right. It's uh, it's the one with Robert Pattinson in it. Um, I don't know who's in any of it. And they do the Tri Wizards tournament. I mean, I don't know anything about Harry Potter. I didn't read um, Harry Potter's. I went out with a girl who was really into Harry Potter when they first started coming out, and I thought she was a big nerd. And I was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like um, she ended up going out with someone that looked like Harry Potter. It was like this whole. <laughs> Harry, it was like I hated Harry Potter for a long. But I've sort of, you know. I watched all the films about a decade ago, and I was like, "Oh, do you know what? I think the first, I think the first Harry Potter is a bad film." I tell you what, like when they first started coming out, I couldn't work out because I grew up in, uh, I grew up with sort of like the BBC well, Chronicles, of, like. Chronicles of yeah. Narnia, and that's sort of the, I find them quite sort of they look quite comforting to me. And that's why I always think, "Oh, actually, they kind of look like those kind of things, like sort of CBBC." Or the first one, the special effects are so bad. Uh, it, it's weird, speaking of Gremlins. So it's Chris Columbus mm-hmm. who wrote Gremlins, directed Home Alone, Jingle All the Way. Um, and I mean, he's Mr. Christmas, I suppose. And uh, the Christmas Chronicles with King Kurt Russell. Oh, of course. He's Chris Columbus as and, well, right? Uh, and the Christmas Chronicles 2 with Goldie Horn. Right. Um, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, so Chris Columbus is um, is like Mr. I guess he's Mr. Christmas. Um so when the Chronicles of Narnia were coming out in the nineties, you'd get there were six half-hour episodes of, and each series would do a different book. And the first one was obviously Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and it would start at like mid-November, early to mid-November, and then you'd watch an episode every week, and then it'd take you all the way up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And there was stuff before then, like Box, Box of, of Delights, Delights. Yeah, 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 all set at Christmas. Yeah, um, and 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 it's like a weekly half hour bit, and then Harry Potter and the Chamber of uh, Philosopher's Stone, that was like two and a half hours long. It's just like, well, don't cut any of it, make it three hours, 
and uh, do it in half hour chunks. The special effects are so bad in that first one. I like when I saw it, I couldn't. But you know how like they tried to do the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, mm -hmm. uh, the, the the Narnia books, and they sort of like fizzled out. Yes, they did one, didn't do that great. They tried to do another one, didn't do that great. Then it moved studios over to Disney, I think. Uh, and then uh, they tried one more, and then they just didn't bother, really. Mm -hmm. um, it was like a, a franchise that nobody wanted, and they were just really kind of like... They, I, th I guess they'd put so much effort into that initial one that they were just like, well, let's just try and make it work. But it just did, it, it, it never it never worked. But, um, but with Harry Potter... It, when you watch that, when I watched that first one in the cinema, I just couldn't believe that this was a thing. I was not all of the books had come out by then, and then um, and then the second one had Kenneth Branagh in it, and I was sort of like a bit. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I never watched any of the others, mm -hmm. and then um, and then I watched them all like ten years after they all came out. Um, what I remember the last time is they got better. I think that first. I think the first two, the Chris Columbus ones, are a little bit. Well, I don't think they're a little bit. I think the first one is. It, it's, it, it, felt, it felt like a TV show. And the second one, it was slightly better, but it still felt like uh, a, TV, a TV, like TV level. And then the third one is kind of like, oh, it feels like a movie. Um, is the third one, is that the one that's Alfonso Cuaron? Yeah, and it, and, and it is a big step up. You kind of like, not necessarily special. The special effects are still all a bit... It's weird, because they're obviously... He's not even like a sort of... like He's a big director as well, isn't he? Of like, you know, when you think of like Children and Men and Roma and Gravity and like he's a sort of name director doing a... I mean, Chris Columbus is a name director, but he's sort of chosen because... I mean, he's sort of perfect, isn't he, when they're going, who should we get to this Harry Potter film? Oh, we'll get this guy who's done all these big special effects I think children's... It, I think it's that. I Because th he didn't... He do uh, Young Sherlock Holmes as well. Yeah, he, he didn't, did. Uh, Joe Johnston directed it, but I think he wrote it. Right. And I think that you've got Chris Columbus, who's got a track record of writing kids' films, writing Christmas... Well, it's not a Christmas film. Right. But writing kids' films, family films. It's but he's also... He's also the guy that got Macaulay Culkin, made Macaulay Culkin famous. Mm -hmm. And when you're making Harry Potter, you go, right, well, we want a make... We've got three child leads, and we want the guy that made Macaulay Culkin famous to do this. Mm -hmm. And you kind of go... It's, on paper, it's brilliant. I don't know what it was. Maybe, the, maybe there was too much studio interference. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like. It feels like a connect the dots kind of movie where, the sp I don't know. I don't know. The special effects are just so. The troll that turns up in the toilets uh, halfway through it is one of the worst. One of the worst special effects. Um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, the, the franchise, it, it gets better. And then um, the third one feels like, oh, this is a movie. It doesn't feel like it's a. And it feels like they've kind of like gone. All right, let's take this seriously, uh, and and all all props to Chris Columbus for getting it started. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. I, I think there's so much. There was so much on his plate to get right that kind of like there doesn't really feel like that the doesn't feel like there's like an auteur behind it. It feels like he's kind of quite workmanlike in the way that the shots look and the way it's all put together and it's kind of like yeah sure you're you're telling the story a, and again this is like a this film is like 20 years old now so you can't really judge it by today's standards but i just think i, I think even at the time the special effects were terrible 
Third film in, yeah, it's fine. Fourth film, I'm that's the lowest I am in terms of personal investment because it's kind of like this is really filler. This is kind of like, although it's the first film that Voldemort pops up in, so I guess they're they're still finding new things to do. I don't know. Anyway, I was just like, if we watch one of these a week, all the way up to Christmas, then kind of like we're doing the thing. I would say that they're Christmassy movies. That's all I've got to say on that. (laughs) No, absolutely. I mean, for a time, um, Channel 4, when I was a kid, used to show the great St. Trinian's train robbery with... Frankie Howard, uh, who else is in it? I can't think now. In and that used to be on Christmas morning at like seven thirty in the morning or something on Christmas morning. <laughs> so I and and for a while, to me, that started to feel like a Christmas film because every uh, every Christmas day it would be on Channel Four for when you first got up, it would just be on in the background or yeah. something. So there's like even things like that you can just start associating films with. You have associations in your head with films because they were on tv at christmas casablanca is on tv or i think still is they usually put it on like eight o'clock in the morning on bbc two or something casablanca and casablanca has a bit of a well that sort of feels like a christmas movie in that way and so does way out west because that used to be on the lauren hardy film right. used to be on every christmas morning and harvey used to be on every christmas morning you used to have those kind of well, old black yeah. and white movies that just felt like harvey used to be one of those films that they would i think just because it's got james stewart yeah. in it, and it's just like well they used to show it over christmas and um yeah there is like films that feel seasonal that don't really have anything to do with uh, christmas in them you know whereas batman returns that that's not really a christmas movie no but it's yeah that yeah Whereas Edward Scissorhands is not a Christmas movie, but feels but like it is. You watch it at Christmas. It's basically about like the invent. It's a it's a fairy tale about the invention of snow. Yeah, you know that's what it is, and you watch it and it's brilliant and and that's like really Christmassy, yeah. Um, but it's not about Christmas. Whereas, I don't know, Batman Returns is so dark. We've we're, so we've done Christmas films that feel like Christmas. The other thing we should probably do, have you got any sort of film highlights of the year that you've watched? Well, I do or know. films that you've maybe, I guess they don't have to be new films, they could also be maybe films you've seen for the first time. Films that I have seen for the first time. Well, uh, um, I'll go first and say that one of my favourite films of the year was one I saw with you right at the beginning of the year, mm. and that was Licorice Pizza. Oh, yeah. I loved that. I thought it was a, just a sort of incredible recreation of its period and i totally bought into it all and everyone felt like and i think it sounds like um a silly piece of detail but it was just that idea that it's in the 70s and everyone has 1970s haircuts but not the same one <laughs> in that way that they often try and recreate the 70s but well, there's that, everyone there's that brilliant shot at the beginning where you've got all of the kids lining up in the toilets and they're all combing their hair in the mirror and you kind of like go that's what they did they were taught how to do the hair they did it themselves it looks like they've done it themselves uh the detail is incredible and it didn't feel like it's because it's paul thomas anderson so he directed boogie nights which is a film that is set in the 70s -hmm. set in the 70s and 80s but like it's set in the 70s and they've all got like the wigs and the flares and they're wearing the big collared shirts and it's about the 70s porn industry 
and it's like a pastiche of the 70s. Yes. Whereas Licorice Pizza feels like a film that they found... Yeah, exactly. ...that they found from the 70s, and you're watching it again. And I, that... I mean, it's not like... I, li- I enjoy both of them. I, I like... Uh, I like Boogie Nights a lot, but um, but Licorice Pizza kind of transported me. It didn't feel like it. Uh, um, I did. It didn't feel like contemporary in the sense that um, you're taking all of your sensibilities from that. You kind of like just watch it as a time capsule, and the fact that it was made, you know, recently. Uh, within the last couple of years, it's kind of like it's like a great testament to it. I think. It's, yeah, I, th- it, I thought it was magic. It, it feels like more and more that's what I'm looking for in films as well. It just felt like I've had a real experience watching this, and I felt like I'd kind of gone back in time or something. Yeah, um, yeah. I think what I, I I think what I'm looking for in films has changed. Um, my my approach to like how to pick a film to watch and what to you know I I mean. My girlfriend basically has not seen any films. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going through kind of like, we've been together for um, about two and a half years. And over that time, you go, like, she's not seen any films. Like she, I think she had four films in her, I can't remember what they were either, but they were like weird films that they, that they just happened to have on video. But um, her parents weren't, aren't really into films. Um, and she shouldn't have to be. But like I am, and it's kind of um, I I find them relaxing, and I just watch a lot. But like it's stuff like when you first start going out with someone that hasn't seen any films, it's like well I want to see Aliens, but I can't watch Aliens because she hasn't seen Alien. So we'll sit down, we'll watch Alien, and then we'll get to Aliens. But we still haven't, and we we started <laughs> off with that, and then once you've seen Aliens, well we need to watch Terminator Two because that's what like an action film is. But like, so you got to watch Terminator before you watch Terminator Two. But still, haven't watched Alien Three. Mm-hmm. So we went through like a lot of James Cameron, but not all of James Cameron. Still, haven't got to. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say about the Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. Was like the um, like the formula for an Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy was uh, you get a pregnant a pregnant a pregnant man, the world's first most the world's first pregnant man. Uh, but who who's going to play him? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Oh, we need a we need a guy that's the that's going to infiltrate a a a, a a a a kindergarten school. Who are we going to get? You know, who's going to teach the the kids kindergarten? It'll be Arnold Schwarzenegger. And like, who is Danny DeVito's identical twin? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's like take uh, a scenario that Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who is the most? You've got. Sleazy slimeball Danny DeVito and his sensitive, intelligent, um, uh, philosophy-reading identical twin or twin brother. And it's kind of like... So he's always played... He's always cast against type um, in terms of what would be a funny thing to do with Arnold Schwarzenegger and his body and putting him into a scenario. And it would be kind of like, well, we'll make him... The joke in Twins isn't that he's an everyman. The joke is that he's he's a Greek god. You know, he's like, he's uh, Mr. Olympia. And uh, and, and you're putting him in this um, uh, comedy that's at odds with his appearance and his persona 
and his reputation and his back catalogue. He's made all. He's spent the whole of the eighties making these ultra violent movies, and then right at the end of the eighties, he's making Twins, where he's this gentle giant, and he's playing against type, and that's what's funny about it. And then you're making him like he's a badass cop, and he's going around and he's shooting up drug dealers, and then you put him in a. a, a and the beginning of Kindergarten Cop is fucking violent. Yes, it is. And um, and then you put him in... Uh, and out of those films, I think Kindergarten Cop was probably my least favourite growing up, but it's probably the one that works the best now when you look at it because it's still an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Well, it was on, like, Film 4 or something. I didn't watch the whole movie, but I, I, I was just watching the beginning and I was, and I was that really struck me. I was going, oh, wow, it really plays like a real action movie at the start. And he's got a really good look at the beginning yeah. as well. He's got a beard with those sort of, like, John Lennon glasses. And, um, and it, they, so it isn't just like, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. They've made an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. A little mini one to watch but, before you... But it's kind of like that character... The, the violent character with the gun and the cop and the, he's a cop with the badge and all that. That character is Arnold Schwarzenegger going into, the, yeah. whereas the other films are, he's a scientist yes. or he's a, or he's a scientific um, experiment, you know, but like this one is the one where it's like, that. no, this is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that basically it gets derailed. Yes, exactly. Whereas the other ones are stunt casting where we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's playing a pregnant man, he's playing uh, he's playing Danny DeVito's twin, and it's kind of like, right, okay, great. And they're all Ivan Reitman films. And then when you get to um, uh, Jingle All The Way, it's the first film where it's actually like saying, no, nah, he's just a regular guy, and just ignore the fact that it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, basically, um, and it, and it will be fine. And it's kind of like you go right, okay. We will. He should be a super spy then. Yeah, yeah. I came to Jingle All the Way late, and uh, and I yeah. All those things are true, and they, you they said are that a with such within. sadness. No, I just I was meaning I was picking it up. I just went, oh yeah, that was a point I didn't finish. Was that it was? I came to it late. But what I would say is that I assumed it was going to be dreadful, and I'd been avoiding it for years and years. And when I did watch it, I was like. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> Jingle all the way. Yeah. I went, oh, it's all right. And I think it's very watchable, but you're right. I mean, I felt all these problems you're bringing up is what I felt when I was watching it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. And I think the only reason why people like it is nostalgia because they were the right age. And they like Jingle all yeah. the way in the same way. My favourite Christmas movie out of all of the Christmas movies I've ever seen, and I like Muppets Christmas Carol. I like, I mm -hmm. like, you know, whereas, you know, um, Muppets Treasure Island, that's kind of like. Hey, we've done Christmas Carol. We'll do like a panto now, and and we'll do Treasure. I didn't. I never liked Treasure Island as much. I felt like the Muppets didn't have enough to do in Treasure Island. Weirdly, mm. but um, and they didn't seem true to their characters either. Kermit was really boring. I thought in and the, uh, anyway, but I'd say my favourite Christmas film is uh, Santa Claus the Movie. Starring Dudley Moore and John Lithgow. Again, I watched Santa Claus. I, I grew up with it. Watched it a lot. And I had, and I would say, as an adult, I had no particular fond memories for it, I, and I didn't think it would hold up. When I watched it again a few years ago, what I was struck with, it's the Sal Keens, isn't it? They did Superman films, and they're basically doing the Superman format. Yeah. It's almost like a pastiche of Superman. Yeah. And whereas it's Superman the movie, this is Santa Claus the movie, and it does an origin, and it's basically a Superman film with Santa Claus. The first half of the film is an origin story, and then the second half of the movie is like his first assignment. Yes. Um, and apparently, I, don't, I never can tell how true this is, but I've read it, and it kind of makes sense to me, that in that, instead of having Lex Luthor, you've got John Lithgow, haven't mm. you? 
but they're sort of similar, sort of baddie. And it's a bit more panto than the Superman movies, but it also has Dudley Moore as an elf. And the rumour that I heard was that the third Superman film was going to be... He said, yeah. holding up two fingers. Well, I think the villains were going to be Bizarro, and they sort of do Bizarro by having the good and bad Superman. Right. And Mr. Muxiers Pidlick, who's the kind of small guy from the fifth dimension in the Superman comics. And he was going to be Dudley Moore, is what I'd heard. And that makes sense to me. It's like, well, I think that probably is true because of because of Santa Claus, the movie. That you have the Salkins, he's in that movie. And it would be like, yeah, we've got Dudley Moore. He's signed on for us to do this movie. He's probably going to be in Superman 3 as well. Right. Right. So that kind of, I think it rings true with me. I think like that would have been at one point. That would have been uh, the cast. I think. Um, I think John Lithgow's had like this incredible career, um, and he's such a beloved actor. Mm-hmm. And Santa Claus the movie never comes up, but it's one of them. I don't. I haven't watched it in a few years. I used to have it on in the background when I wrapped Christmas presents, but. Um, yeah, it's one of them huge... I think I saw it at the cinema. It's one of them huge pantomime sort of like performances. But um, it, that, it was that and Bigfoot and the Hendersons. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, God. And then Cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's it. I think he's... Um, I do think he's really underrated. And I think that film is... I don't think it's the best film ever. That, or, But I think it's a very watchable, very fun Christmas movie. Yeah, and I think it's about Christmas and um, not all... Yeah, it's, 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 it, yeah that, I mean, what am I trying to say? It's about Christmas, so it's, it's sort of like it is a Christmas. It's, yeah. But guys, is Santa Claus a movie? Is it a Christmas movie? It, That's one to... Uh... It really it really is a Christmas <laughs> okay. movie. Okay. Right. Um, okay, cool. Uh, what else? Um, well, I was about to say someone, Stan Ahrens, has put on, uh, has asked, what are some films that one of you loves and the other hates? I don't. I wouldn't say I love Jingle All The Way, but you do hate it. I do. I do hate it. Yeah. Um, what can I say? I wouldn't say Phil I love Hart- it. I, I mean, what I love most about it is Phil Hartman. Yes. Phil Hartman's brilliant in it. He was really that his is. last film? I think it possibly is. Mm. I don't think that's a bad thing either. I think if you're doing a great performance in a um, in a film that might not be brilliant is a perfectly reasonable. And he's just so sleazy, isn't he? With uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's, it really is great, and it, he's really funny. Yeah, he is really sleazy. But I think the thing is that um, the whole film feels sleazy. Mm-hmm. That's that. It's like yeah, he's like an he's like an extra unpleasant element to this already quite unpleasant film. <laughs> Whereas, if he was sort of like um, if it was if it was played a little bit more straight, the whole film, and if there was a bit more, you know, the 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 thing the the moral of the film is, you know, uh, if you nag your dad enough, you'll get you'll get everything <laughs> that you want, you know. Yeah, no, that was always the the thing people brought up at the time. I remember. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I don't think it's aged poorly. Uh, can you think of any other films off your head that you love that I don't, or vice versa? No, I can't really. I think in general we're quite on similar ground. There's definitely films I think that you like more than I do, and vice versa, but not things that. 
But I think, I think that, you, you're definitely like, and just films that are probably slightly more in my wheelhouse than yours. And it might just be like what I remember. I, I mean, I watched John Carpenter's Vampires recently, mm-hmm. um, and I've never liked John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah. I've always avoided John Carpenter's Vampires. I've watched bits of it. Even I can't believe it came out of the cinema and I didn't watch it. Yeah, you know, I don't think I did. Um, but um, I guess I wasn't as big of John Carpenter's fan back then. You know, I remember I went to see Escape from L.A. at the cinema. I was really excited about that. That was a bit rubbish. But I was a 15-year-old. And I really, I, I kind of still enjoyed it. And weirdly, I probably enjoy Escape from L.A. more than I enjoy Escape from New York. <laughs> um, but... Um, but John Carpenter's Vampires was always like, oh, God. It always felt like the cast of Top Gear. Like, Yeah, and I think now you kind of sold me on that. I think we're going to revisit that in the in the new year because I think we might have a chat about that. Because the way you were talking about it, I think I've always thought of it like one of those like later John Carpenter films that doesn't isn't really a John Carpenter film. And the way you were talking about it made me go, oh, it is. It's definitely in that canon, isn't it, of Carpenter films. Of like, I mean, like in that... Like he's he's a director where his point of view and his aesthetic and what he believes really is always on screen. I think and what he's into. So you kind of you know what John Carpenter's about. You know you know that he likes westerns and you know that he likes yeah. Whether he's making those films or not, you you kind of have an idea of the kind of. He's a great director for that. That just feels like you know exactly what he likes and what kind of films he enjoys. And I never thought of vampires. Vampires always felt like. A job he'd been hired to do, but when you mentioned it me the other week, I was like, "Oh yeah, I actually think you're right," and I think it does start to sound like a John Carpenter vehicle again that he's really um, authored. So I, I, um, I, I am going to give that a revisit, and I think I might do. We might do a vampires episode I, I think, in the new year. Well, also because um, basically there's about there's about three John Carpenter films I've not seen, and then but when you get into vampires, there's. Um, John Carpenter presents oh, yeah. uh, the and the sequels, isn't there? John Carpenter presents uh, Bon Jovi in Vampires <laughs> Two, um, Day of the Dead, or whatever it's called. Um, uh, yeah, so then, so you get into, and then you got like the Halloween sequels and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. What I liked about what I liked about John Carpenter's Vampires, because that's his name, that's the title of the film. What I liked about John Carpenter's Vampires was um, what I didn't like about it initially, which is kind of like, I think I have, unless I'm in the cinema, I find it very difficult to concentrate on films. And when I watch stuff at home, uh, the temptation to fuck around with your phone while, while you're watching a film is kind of like unbearable. I have to like throw my phone on the other side of the room or sit on it just so I can concentrate really. But, um, but, but, so I I may have kind of like got to the point where, you know, I was a punk ass teen and um, I put John Carpenter's Vampires on and it didn't grab me from the moment it started and so I kind of like half watched it until I switched it off about halfway through and I never really got through it. That's been my relationship with it. This time I actually just watched the bits that you would normally like. The, the, this sounds ridiculous, but like. There's a dialogue. There's dialogue scenes, and because there's not like vampire action going on, you kind of like zone out. But what you what you what you're doing there is you're denying yourself another James Woods performance, right. where he is batshit crazy, 
and actually the low points is almost a vampire action and the and the high points is like James Woods kind of like um giving it a go, you know, and you're watching him kind of like elevating these kind of pedestrian Well I think let's do that. Let's let's have in a future episode a bit more of a deep dive into John Carpenter's Vampires because it is the JCAS after all. Yes. Um, and okay, so like so to get into um uh we should sort of like wrap up. We now. should, yeah. I think we're we're we've we've done it. Um uh so pro- so I imagine you've all been listening to this whilst uh, cooking your Christmas dinner and um and we've just been on in the background talking about Christmas stuff. Um <clears throat> Not a lot of Christmas stuff. Some no, Christmas we've done stuff. enough. That is, I think we've covered Christmas, to be honest. We have done uh, Christmas films, films you associate with Christmas, in a roundabout way. We've absolutely nailed it. You think? Yeah, I think we've absolutely nailed it. We've even done a best of the year roundup. Okay, yeah. yeah we've done right. it all. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Out of the films that I saw this year... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but the, here are some films that I watched this year that I was not expecting much from. Um, the, these will be from my horror movie, um, from my horror movie list. I finally watched... Uh, do you know what? I'm just going to go through my horror movies yeah. that I watched. I watched the original Frankenstein. Uh, great. One of the all-time... It's, it's slow, and I feel sort of like... Do you know what? Sometimes I'll beat myself up. I'll watch, um, I'll watch an old black-and-white horror movie at home and I'll drift off, or I uh, I won't stay. What did I watch? The old Dark House. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's an hour long. I love it. Um, it's like it's something like sixty-five minutes. The old Dark House. I sat down and watched that, and I did find it difficult to to like pay attention for the entire sixty-five minute runtime. I reckon in the cinema, I'd have I'd have loved it. Yeah, I watched I it so. at home. It was 65 minutes long. It was a battle to get all the way through it in one sitting. Oh, okay. And, and, and I felt it was slow in places. And I'm like going, oh, Nick, you know, you should really like pay more. And it's just like, you're watching a film that's almost 100 years old. Yeah. It's black and white. It's paced very slowly. The performances are big. It's like this. And, and I'm kind and that's of. sort of what's fun about it as well. The performances are really fun. Yeah, absolutely. But. It's like I am, I'm very hard on myself, yeah. you know, in terms of watching these films. And in actual fact, I watch films that I don't, it's not that I don't want to see them, but I watch films that are like good for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, my diet of films is like a balanced diet, mm-hmm. you know, where it's not all just junk food. I eat vegetables, I eat salads, <laughs> you know what I mean? And some of the stuff, some of the stuff is stuff that is just kind of, nutritionally good for me without actually tasting that great and so you know i finally got around to watching oni baba which is a film that i've put off for years i've put off for fucking years and i finally got around to watching it and yeah you're battling against the fact that it's black and white it's subtitled it's all these other things you know what i'm basically trying to say is that if you're listening and you're going whoa i can't get into any of these films or or this is all sort of like leagues but i struggle with kind of some, sometimes I'll sit down and I'll watch a film and say, this will be good for you. Mm. And by the time I get to the end of it, I've, I either love it or, um, or I've learned something else or, it, it's, it's, um, or it's an experience or it, 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 you watch something in one thing that influences another. Um, 
So I think going back and rediscovering all this stuff, that I find uh, I find really interesting. But it's not necessarily because it's just easy and it's fun. It's obviously easier and more fun to just watch whatever's just come out because mm -hmm. it's new and and it's it's built for everyone that's got yeah. ADHD. But um, <laughs> but going back and watching films like that, I do struggle with them. But um, but uh, yeah, I think that the original Frankenstein. Um, is it's difficult. Um, it's a really slow-paced film. I took my parents to see it on my birthday. It's a really slow-paced film, and my parents did sort of come out of it going, "That was slow," and it's kind of like, "Yeah, it was," but it's it's like less than ninety minutes, and and I think really um, every single shot in the original Frankenstein is a beautiful picture, and. Boris Karloff's performance in it is absolutely outstanding. Like, I, like mm. n not just for its time. I mean, if someone came out with a performance like that now, it, it would still be incredible. Um, and I think a lot of the fun is in Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. And, uh, and it's got a better pace to it, and um, there's, there's, there's more ideas in it. But the original Frankenstein's brilliant. Vampire's Kiss, uh, loved it. Uh, I watched Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Return of the Killer Tomatoes for the never first time. Never seen those. Never seen them. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes starts off good, and then uh, and then sort of like fizzles out a bit. And there's some questionable, questionable uh, humour by today's standards. Sure. Um, Return of the Killer Tomatoes stars George Clooney. That's and right. It is. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it is. It, um, yeah, it's it's actually quite entertaining. Okay. Right. Uh, on your recommendation, I watched uh, Joe Dante's Piranha. Oh, yeah. Uh, enjoyed it. Um, hmm. What else? Eyes of Fire, we both watched that. Yeah, I thought it was fine. It sort of had a bit of a re... I think it's been rediscovered and lots of people have been basically saying this is this amazing thing that's we've... And I don't think there's ever a print of it or anything. They've just sort of discovered an old VHS or something. Gone. This is this rediscovered classic, uh, bit of folk horror, and it is that. But it's it's all right. Yeah, that's what I thought about it. It's impressive. I don't think it's made on a massive budget, but it's got very nice, believable as a sort of believable costume drama. It kind of works quite well. Yes, but also um, when it comes to folk horror, that's kind of like a seventies. Late yes. 60s, early to mid 70s yeah. genre. And so to see a folk horror film that was made right slap bang in the middle of the 80s, the 80s yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, it's got all of the sensibilities of an 80s film, yes. but it's also a folk horror film. And it's interesting because you don't normally see folk horror films made in that era. Yeah. Um, it was all right. It was fine. Um, I don't remember anything about it. Jack, I watched Jack Palance's Dracula because I watched... Um, the um, the other one. The, Who, who's uh, the other Dracula? Uh, is, it, is, it, is that the one with... Oh, God. Frank Langella. Frank Langella. Frank Langella's Dracula is one of the best portrayals of Dracula I've ever seen. Uh, I, I find the Dracula story pretty boring because it's been retold that much. Um, I think Frank Langella's Dracula is incredible. Jack Palance's uh, Dracula is also great. Um, and... Uh, there's this really good opening shot where they've obviously saved a lot of money on the budget by not doing an actual uh, shipwreck. And there's kind of like they imply the shipwreck. Okay. And it's brilliant. Like the ship, I don't think even you see the entire ship. You might do. But the way that they introduce the ship is basically um, uh, in the background you see this guy walking along the beach and in the foreground you just see uh, a, 
a dead body slumped over the the steering wheel of the mm. ship, and and so you don't even see the whole ship, but you just get the implication of yeah, what it is. Nice. It's brilliant. It's like a really good way of doing it. Um, uh, dark glasses. Now let's do an episode on dark glasses. Yeah, I saw that with you. Exorcist three was brilliant. Adams family. The Adams family. That is like a seasonal. That is like yes. a. That's like an autumnal. I think it starts around Halloween and then no, it starts with Christmas, doesn't it? Does there's, it? There's carol singers right at the beginning, and then they get uh, boiling oil poured on them. <laughs> One of the darkest jokes. <laughs> like it's a family film. People, are, people, people get buried alive in it. You know, it's um, the original Adams Family. I haven't seen it in years, but you know, very, very fond. Of I it. haven't seen it in years because my go-to is always Family Values, but um, but it was brilliant. Um, oh, do you know what? Um, oh, and then the other thing is I watched the entire Phantasm franchise, which um, I've never got around to watching before. And um, Never seen them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I've tried, like, I, I, I kind of used uh, October as a way of doing some franchises that I never got around to before. And, um, and I, I, I want to watch all the Hellraisers at one point. I want to watch... Uh, um, all of the Friday the Thirteenth. I've not seen all of them, and um, and I wanted to sit down and watch all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets and get like actually start a franchise from beginning to end. Well, and I might do that as well. I quite fancied doing Nightmare on Elm Street, so maybe we'll all do those. But I didn't think that it was. But I think just basically what I'm going to do every year is just pick a franchise that I've not actually sat down and watched. And this year I did uh, Phantasm, and uh, yeah, they were brilliant. But we can talk about them later. Okay, should we do? Should we end with a, a a quick game of what year? Sure. Are you going to give me a present? Do you want me to do this on air? We can do. Do you want to do it now? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's Christmas, and so I think it's traditional at Christmas uh, to uh, exchange gifts. Yeah. Have um, you got a gift? I didn't get you anything, Matt. But um, but okay. I think it's only right that. Am I opening this now? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, yeah. Wait. It's a, no, it's a good one for the, for on air. To be fair, is quite it a good one? Is it? Yeah, I think so. It's appropriate. Okay, okay. and well, then we can talk about it in the new year if you get a if you get a, look, a chance to have a look at it. It's a book I think you'd enjoy. Okay. Oh my god! Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Thanks, Nat. <laughs> Are you going to say what it is? No. Okay. Um. Let's play. It's uh, Quentin Tarantino cinema speculation. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I think so too. I think it, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Well, do you know what? I've done a couple of cinema speculations. Um, well, we'll do that another time. Uh, we, look, yeah, we'll do it another time. We literally we did an hour and fifteen minutes of chat, and then fifteen minutes of saying that we'll just leave that for next time. <laughs> um, but that's it. We've got now a. a, a uh, a backlog of things to do. Yeah, right, okay, cool. This All is right. good. This All is right. good stuff. So let's play What Year? Right. What year did the sitcom Frasier start? Uh, 1994. 1993. He's oh, always a year out. I'm That's what. If, if I'm not right, I'm a year out. Hang on, I'm just going to open a uh, PMC. There we go. Go. What year did the film. The Goonies come out. 1986. 1985. Fuck. Oh, is he here or not? Unless I'm right. <laughs> what year was Nicolas Cage born? 
1964. Oh, I'm always a year out unless I'm six years out. <laughs> Which year did John Candy die? 1996. 1994. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. God, when did Cool Runnings come out then? 1993? Yeah, I guess. I think that's about right, 93. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner was released in 1982, but in which year was it set? Oh, 2032 is the sequel. Is it? No. <laughs> 2049 is a sequel. 2049 is a sequel. Okay, so it's 2029. It's 2019. 2019. Oh, right, yeah, but you could see where I was going with that. This is a, this came as a surprise to me. The TV show... This, this next one. Yeah. Right. The TV show Columbo yeah. started in what year? Oh, right. Columbo. Oh, right. Oh, is it a weird one then? I don't know. It really took me by surprise. It's either going to be really early or really late. Sure. Oh, do you know what? It's late. It's later than you think. Is it? Well, didn't Steven Spielberg do the pilot? I don't so know. If he, was a, if he was doing pilots back then, wasn't it like, okay, 19... Oh, is it 60s or 70s? 70s. Is it 1971? 1968. Right. Oh, my God. Do you know what? I was so close to doing this. Apparently, they did two pilots before the series started, though. So, I guess that maybe there was a little bit of time in between the first two I know, pilots. I know, like, uh, you know, like, old Quentin Tarantino... Uh, no, sorry. Steven Spielberg, he cut his teeth directing mm. Columbo. But his episodes of Columbo are good. Oh, yeah. They really do. There's, they really do stand out. There's that really good, there's that famous one of the car driving yeah. in traffic and then the camera just pans out and out and out and out and out. And the, isn't it the, the, the killer? No, the victim is in the car. Yes, I think so, yeah. And the, the camera just pans back, 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 back. And then you end up looking down on the traffic from an office and it's the office of the killer that is setting up the... And you get all the information that and you need. this is on telly. It's telly, and it's the, all the information you need in the opening shot of the of the episode. Like, yeah, Spielberg. Well know. done. He's, a, he's all right. He's all right, you know. Um, the character Spider-Man first appeared in comics in what year? Ooh, 1957. 1962. I mean, I'm not doing... This is a terrible one this year, this week. Peter Davison... First played Doctor Who in what year? 1983. 1981. Fuck. Fuck. The book? Fuck. I'm fucking falling apart, Nathaniel. I also haven't been keeping count of these. Oh, God. Well, I've got none right so <laughs> okay. far, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think you have. The book, The Exorcist by mm. William Peter Blatty, yeah. was published in what year? When did the film come out? 71? 73? Film came out in seventy three. Did it? Did it? Mm. Okay. So the film came out in seventy three. So I reckon the book came out in seventy one. Nineteen seventy one. Yes. American Graffiti came out in nineteen seventy three, but is set in what year? They're all being drafted. What? What war are they? Is it the Korean War, or is it? It's not Vietnam. I don't think. I think it's the Korean War. I don't know when that, when that was, though. So, mid-50s, 50, 50s, 55. I would have said that. It's 62. 
What? Set in 62. Oh, okay, cool. Is that it? That's it. Oh, right. So I got one out of 10, is it? Yeah. Oh, dear. Maybe we should do, I think we should do two points for a uh, correct one and one point if you're one year out. Okay, sure. Because that makes more sense, doesn't it? And it makes me feel a bit better that I got two out of, no, 20. Two out of 20. There you go. I got 10%. Well, that's a sad way to end the year, isn't it? That's a terrible way to end the year. What do you look forward to next year? What am I looking forward to? Oof. Doing more of these. Yeah. Do you know what? Me too. So, um, from uh, from me and Nathaniel, just to wish you all, whatever you're doing today, uh, I'm assuming that you're all listening to this on Christmas Day. What I'm assuming is you and your cunt family have all decided to sit round, (laughs) round the fire and play fucking fan club on... It's not fan club, it's fucking Consumer <laughs> Bay on fucking Christmas Day. You're Good all thing fucking. You really recorded this. You're all fucking. You're all fucking sat around your fucking. You're all fucking. You're all your fucking family are sat around this fucking Christmas tree and you're all listening to the lovely melodic dulcet tones of myself and Nathaniel. Hello. And, uh, and, and I just uh, hope that no matter who you are uh, <laughs> or what you're with, um, I hope you're just enjoying uh, your Christmas. Uh, I, I mean, if you listen to this in <laughs> March, uh, April, May, June, July, any of the other months, mm. um, maybe this would be like the Christmas. Maybe this is going to be like the Morecambe and Wise Christmas special. Yeah, people put it on every Christmas from now on. People listen to this every Christmas with your cunt kids. And, and, then, and uh, then your grandkids <laughs> as well when they come along. Um, so yeah, I, that's what my crazy dream is that uh, that all of you and your fucking uh, family, you're all fucking sat around the Christmas tree listening to uh, old episodes of Consumer Bay every fucking Christmas. So anyway, so on behalf of me and Nathaniel, uh, Merry Christmas to 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 all, and to all a good night. <laughs> Uh, later, later losers, losers.